this is Rob Sepich, and welcome to Relaxing with Rob. Today I'd like to talk about how to be more present. There are countless ways, but I'll share a couple, as well as an option of what to do with all that greater presence. It'll be an opportunity to jumpstart some changes that you'd like to make, maybe to be a calmer person or a more assertive person. So here's my first idea on how to be present. It's something that I learned at the Harvard Mind-Body Medical Institute, where I had the privilege of receiving training by leaders in the field of mind-body medicine and mindfulness-based stress reduction. There was a four-word exercise that they taught to their medical patients in almost all their specialty clinics, whether it was for cardiovascular disease or cancer and so forth. It seemed too good to be true. So I tested it out for myself and had success. So then I began teaching my clients and my students. So now I'd like to share it with you. The four words are stop, breathe, reflect, choose. And here's how you might try it. Several times a day, first just stop. Just kind of stop in your tracks and then take a breath Ideally, diaphragmatically, but it doesn't have to be. It could just be a normal breath. At least that helps punctuate the moment. Because like when you're focusing on your breath, it's pretty hard to be multitasking. And the third one is reflect. And this takes a bit of work. Pay attention. Just tune into what's going on. Uh, Maybe it's physical tension. Maybe in your neck and shoulders. That's usually where I store it. Or maybe the tension doesn't seem physical, but it's emotional. Maybe you're obsessing about something and you realize you just can't stop thinking about it. And then finally, choose. This is where your power lies. So if it's physical, what you might choose to do is paradoxically increase your tension. Just scrunch your shoulders up till it feels like they're touching your ears. And then relax them. Muscles can often relax a bit more fully after they've been stressed a bit. Or what if it's mostly emotional? Let's say you are obsessing about something. You could choose just to focus on it. See if this helps to consciously and intentionally think about whatever it is you can't stop thinking about. It's taking control over what you felt like you had no control over okay, I'm going to really think about all the possible problems I could have. I'm going to really focus on how awful my life is. Well, after a little bit, you might think, yeah, that's enough. I'm getting back to work. Because you are choosing to do what you thought you had no choice in. So you can't lose. It's win-win. Now, how often to do these? I suggest several times a day, but... I wouldn't put them on a timer. I know there are some apps to do that for you, and you might love it. But personally, when those give me reminders, I'm typically like, no, this is not a good time. So I pair this exercise with a frequently occurring event, like maybe every time you fill a water bottle or down an espresso. Then you're connecting that behavior with this chance to just stop, breathe, reflect, and choose. It'll feel more natural. At least it does for me. Second, 
I mentioned in episode two how I think the most common ways we use imagery are regretting the past or worrying about the future. And if that captures reality for you, just try to zero in on whatever you're doing, whether for a few seconds or a few minutes. Consider a searchlight at night. Like everything not illuminated is still part of reality, you're just not seeing it. So focus on one thing, maybe just for a few minutes, whatever this project is, or this paper you're writing, or this test you're studying for. This is where your attention is. I'm present. I'm focused. Everything else, roommate issues, relationship challenges, problems at home, they're all part of your reality, but you're not really noticing them right now. How about physically? One way to do this is to clear your workspace from everything except for what you're working on right now. It's not like you're going to forget about it if you're not being visually reminded by them, but you might feel more able to address what you need to do if you're not also noticing half a dozen other things that you could work on. You're just focused on the present. Or maybe it's not work. Maybe it's eating a piece of fruit. It could be having a glass of water. Maybe just enjoying a show on Netflix instead of also texting. It could be a meal where you're just so grateful for all the people who helped bring this food to your table. These moments of being present enrich the event, but I think they also strengthen your mindfulness muscle. So when you have something important to focus on, you'll be better skilled at it because you're being as fully present as possible. Okay, what's something important? Well, only you can answer that, but I'll provide an example. And this brings us to the third idea I'd like to share today. It's acting as if. This, to me, is important. And it's easier to do when you're present. In many schools of therapy, the goal is to help identify our feelings and thoughts, fears, maybe their origins, to understand them, kind of work through them. And this might help result in behavior change. I saw a cartoon once of a patient asking a therapist, so do I work on accepting who I am or on changing who I am? And the therapist responds, either way, it takes about two to three years. Well, therapy is an extremely valuable process. And it can sometimes take a long time. But I've known students who, after lots of therapy, have developed a great deal of insight into their anxiety, but they're still anxious and stuck. It may have felt like even more so because they knew so much about it and kind of identified all the more with their anxiety. So this might sound simplistic, but I've had success with helping people act as if to let a change in behavior, even if you're acting, jumpstart some changes in feelings. So perhaps you cope with stress through certain behaviors you're not comfortable with and you'd like to try something else. And you just start breathing or relaxing your body or you start noticing things you're grateful for and you realize you're becoming somewhat calmer. Maybe a person who's a little bit more present and a little bit more grateful. 
your identity can no longer be, "Ah, I'm just a nervous wreck. A student told our class that she used to say to her friends at least once a day, I'm such a mess. She got tired of hearing herself say that, so she stopped. And to her surprise and relief, she stopped believing it, and she stopped acting like it. If you're not assertive and talking to a professor or a TA feels like a stretch, just go to office hours and act as if you're not an undergraduate, but you're a grad student. Or let's say you're a grad student. Act like you're a postdoc. (laughs) Or maybe you're a postdoc. Act like you're a faculty member. Act as if you're just talking to a colleague. Whatever mental shift this is to get you through the door and able to talk and say, hey, I've got a question about the lecture. Or there's this concept we talked about I'm not quite understanding. Or I've got this idea for a project. I could use your thoughts on this. What happens when you start to do this is you get through it. Maybe you're sweating a bit, but you get through it. And your identity as, let's say, a non-assertive person shifts just a bit. You can say, yeah, I'm not scared in all situations. I'm able to talk to faculty about questions. Wow. Well, that's more than a lot of people. Then you go up to a person you'd like to meet. You keep seeing them around. You want to talk to them, and you keep thinking, oh, they're not going to like me, or I'm going to say something stupid. Anything I say will be wrong, so I'm just not going to say anything. But you can act as if you're an extroverted person, or at least you're extroverted enough. You're comfortable enough sharing something about yourself and asking something about them. So you just walk up and say hi. You get through it. I'm not saying it'll be easy, but your identity as a person who can't do certain things becomes a bit more malleable. You can no longer claim some of those earlier personality critiques because they don't fit anymore. Acting as if is, to me, a really fun way to reduce anxiety. You can even act as if you're a person who enjoys exams. You like the chance to demonstrate what you've studied. You enjoy public speaking because it's a chance to share your knowledge. Acting as if is not magical because you still have to put the work in, but it sure helps your odds of success. I've witnessed this effect too often in my life and in the lives of students to have any doubt. Well, I hope one of these ideas, either the four-word intervention from Harvard or the focus on the present, whether for a few seconds or a few minutes, or finally the chance to act as if you're somebody you want to be, helps. Thank you for listening. We'll talk again soon.